0: and welcome to this edition of the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson. Thanks for joining us. And on the line today, we have Pastor Jess Miller, pastor of the Calvary Bible Church in Grand Junction, Colorado. Jess, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Kevin.
0: Well, the last time I heard you speak was at Morningstar Church, and you introduced yourself as a pretty big deal for those who didn't know you. So I guess I should... (laughs) I should have said that at the beginning, that you are a big deal, and so it's such an yeah. honor to have you here.
1: Well, okay. uh, time has, uh, and the Lord has refined me since then. I <laughs> realize what a little deal I am actually now, so. <laughs> but well, I,
0: I can't believe you remember that. <laughs> it, it stuck out in my mind. But anyway, uh, our topic today, we're talking about the church, and it just seems like it's an obvious thing for the believer uh, to be associated with the church, but I don't think that's that's necessarily the case all the time. So, Jess, we're talking about the church. How would you define what is the church?
1: Yeah, well, um, first of all, let me say I agree with what you're saying. Uh, as far as being a part of the church, not being uh, something that is um, common knowledge among Christians, you Yeah. Know, that is that they have the responsibility to do that. Um. But as far as defining the church, you know, very simply, the church is comprised of all born-again believers who are in Christ uh, universally uh, throughout the world and in time. And um, that would be, to me, just a very general definition hmm. of the church
0: itself. And we're talking, and that's kind of what we would describe the church universal. There's... um. Your local church, but they're also in a, in a grander sense, the church is Christ's body through which he works, and that's all of the same, uh, the save the, the the bride of Christ.
1: Exactly, yes. You know, and the local church, show, to me, is uh, the difference between local and universal. It's the same coin with two different sides, hmm. you know, where the local church is the visible expression of the church universal and the very word for church, uh, ecclesia, came to mean uh, an assembly of people. And so uh, that the time we live in now, the church assembles in local congregations, and those are the visible expressions
0: of the, the universal church. So can you be a part of a of the universal church while not being a part of a local church?
1: Well, in the most technical sense, yes. I mean, we, we'd have to acknowledge that there are true uh, believers and members of the body of Christ as a whole who are disobedient to the Scripture's teaching on uh, being a part of a local congregation. So in the most technical sense, I would say yes, but I would also say that you cannot be an obedient disciple of Jesus and uh, be obedient to the New Testament without being uh, a part of the local church.
0: Yeah, I see... Does that make sense? Yes. In fact, I I see that a lot, where we have this idea that I am... Well, you know, I'm going to say that for another section here. But let me ask you another question while we're still talking about defining the church. The church is the people of God. It's the body of Christ. Um, And, you know, I last time you and I spoke, Jess, you would classify yourself to some degree as a dispensationalist. Is that still true? Uh,
1: mo- yeah, moderately. Sure. Moderately dispensational, yes.
0: And, and for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, dispensationalism, um, th- there are debates between how to interpret Scripture, and, and when we're talking about dispensationalism, the opposite would be a, a covenant theology. We're, we're going to get into those terms in, in later episodes, but I think, just if, if I don't know if you'd agree with me, the, the, the key distinction between a dispensationalist and a covenant theologian is what is the role of the church versus the role of God's people Israel? So is there a distinction in your mind between the church in the New Testament and the, the people of Israel in the Old Testament?
1: Oh, I think, definitely. And as a matter of fact, I think, uh, that is the key, in my mind, the, uh, the most important aspect of what would be called dispensation is that keeping that distinction between Israel and the church. If I were to scripturally, you know, give a defense of that just, um, initially here, I would, I would point to Jesus' words in Matthew 16 where he said, I will build my church. Um, and uh, indicating that it didn't exist prior to Christ. So, um, so yeah, that that to me would be the key distinction.
0: All right, and we're going to talk about those topics uh, a, a little more later, a little more in depth, and we'll we'll have people on both sides of that. Um, I've been on both sides of that, but anyway, uh, for the purpose of our program here today, we're going to be talking about the church in the New Testament, and specifically uh the local church and your your role in that, and so Jess, could you talk a little bit more about what is the role what should be the role of the local church in the life of the believer
1: right I think uh you know um, initially, what I would point to is uh the fact that um if you if you want to be obedient to scripture. You have to understand that uh, the New Testament was almost entirely written to uh, local congregations. And there are many commands in there referring to, you know, loving one another, serving one another, uh, edifying one another, gathering together, singing to one another, praying with one another. And if you are not part of a local church, you are not... Uh, being obedient no to the scriptures, so the New Testament writers the, uh, and the apostles would, I think, be shocked to hear of somebody who would say, "You know, I'm part of the body of Christ, but I don't. I'm not a part of a local expression of that." That would have been, to me, I, I think, to to them, that would have been something that just didn't make sense.
0: Yeah, I, I, it's interesting. You you hit right on it. Uh, the first thing you said. The New Testament letters, the epistles, are written to local congregations, so if they wanted to reach Christians, they knew that was the way to get it, because that's where the Christians are. It was, it was an assumed fact, that that's right. today, um, it, that's almost offensive to some people. Um, yeah. I wanted to read this quote from, from Joe Thorne, in uh, his book, in fact, he's, he's got a trilogy of books here on, on the topic we'll get to later, but... In the life of the church, he writes, a local local church is an assembly of believers in Jesus who are united together by a common confession, are gathered in one localized body, are ruled by scripture, and work together for the mission given to them by their Lord. I like the definition because it assumes a congregational unity. It assumes that in order to carry out the mission of Jesus, I need to work together together with other believers of like mind, as you mentioned, serving one another. Uh, All these one-another passages are impossible. Well, not necessarily impossible, but it assumes the fact that you are in close association with other believers.
1: That's right. You know, and I like to think of Romans 12. um, You know, most Mm. Christians have the first two verses of Romans 12 down, you know, uh, to present their bodies a living sacrifice to God, uh, be transformed by the renewing of their mind. And uh, it is interesting to me in the structure of that passage, what Paul does is immediately goes into chapter 3, d- describing their role as a member of the body of Christ and how they're to serve one another. You know, so the idea is if you're going to give your life to God, he immediately shows you that you're um, a vital member of a local body, in which you're right. supposed to be serving and um, loving your fellow believers. And, uh, you know, he makes that key Uh, He says in verse 5, So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Mm. There is this vital connection that we have to other believers, and that's expressed in the local church.
0: And, you know, throughout the New Testament, Christ is referred to as the head of the church, uh, especially in Ephesians. And I think about that. How can I, as someone who claims to be in love with Jesus, as all Christians claim to, to do, and say, well, I love him, but I don't want to be a part of his body. I don't want to be a part of his institution. Right. Well, what
1: Christy is I, you know, and I think if we were to identify some of the problems, um, we, in, even from our experiences in, in life, that being a part of the church can be very hard Yeah. and, uh, and challenging. And so um, I, I, I think that is a lot of the problem. is that that maybe some Christians find life easier outside of that local church. Right. We we have an idealized view of what church should be, and then when we become part of the local church, we find that's not the case, and uh, it's easier to uh, not be a part of it. And there may be other issues, I'm sure, as well, selfishness and... um, and just a, a general lack of teaching on the importance of the local church and, and a believer's life.
0: You know, I was looking at uh, Hebrews 4, uh, 24 and 25, familiar verses, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is to habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. You just mentioned that some have found, you, we have the ideal of what the church should be, and I think th- these two verses really, summarize what the church ought to be, a, a body of believers who are stirring up one another to love and encouragement. But that doesn't always seem to be the case in every local church where I don't right. walk in and immediately uh, am encouraged. Uh, yes, no. So let me well, ask think, you go, – go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. You're, you're the okay, guest.
1: I, I was just going <laughs> to say, I think, you know, we – in we we assume that the church is going to be a saint place, uh, because we assume everybody is going to love each other well, and that doesn't happen uh, perfectly ever, and um, and so what you have are believers that are hurt or or they're not feeling edified from other believers, and they're not receiving what they think they need to receive, and maybe what they rightfully should be receiving according to the scriptures, and that uh, turns people away from uh, st- staying
0: with the local church. Right. Well, let me ask you this. We're, we're going jump into our next section here about dangers to avoid, then I want to jump back to another question. Uh, but I've met more and more people who have become disillusioned with the church for that, for that very reason. And there are churches Not every local church is a good church. Not every local church is a biblical church. Not every local church is carrying out the mission of Christ. And people are hurt in those churches. And not just a, hey, that pastor didn't shake my hand when I thought, but some are genuinely um, emotionally, maybe even physically sometimes hurt because of whether it's legalism or, or an overbearing pastor or a church that's ripped apart with division and gossip. What is your advice to that person who has been in that toxic atmosphere, has gotten out of it, and now it's just like, I, I don't want anything to do with these people?
1: Sure. Yeah, and I guess every each case is going to be a little different to handle that. And I think my first reaction is to... Uh, explain to them, I understand where they're coming from and to be sympathetic to that, um, because the hurts are real and it's really happening. And, uh, and there are, um, bad churches and there are, there is abusive leadership and, and people do genuinely get hurt by the body of Christ. I guess I would point them though back to scripture and specifically, uh, you know Jesus Christ, and uh, look at the pain that the church caused Jesus. Uh, his church is for the the one for whom, uh, whom he died, and it was our sin that caused him such pain. And he bears with the church and loves the church. And so, as us uh, members of his body in Christ, we uh, need to come to a place where we recognize we bear with one another. Mm we put up with one another and uh and that uh, the hurts love love is going to hurt when uh, christ loved his church in this way He gave himself up for her and um and john says you know uh in in his uh, first letter he says uh christ uh laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for one another Hmm. it's just kind of paraphrasing that, but it's, this is, uh, being a part of the local church is not going to be easy. There's going to be hurts, and that's why there's the admonitions to forgive one another. Right. Um, and that's that's why they have to be there in Scripture as well, right next to the, the aspects of loving and serving one another, we're told to forgive and forbear with one another.
0: And you would agree that there are some times, maybe, where you need to actually leave that that local church, whether... For, for reasons of hurt, or maybe they're not presenting the gospel as they should be, they're, they're, they're maybe even promoting some false doctrine. Uh, but there are times where you maybe even should leave that church.
1: Exactly, I, I would agree with that 100%. And that, uh, but we, we leave that local church and we attach ourselves to another local church right. as soon as possible. Yes. Right.
0: So I want to go back just a little bit. I want to go back to Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to start in verse uh, 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. Um, One of the aspects I think is important about the local church that you can't get— in other circumstances, is the leadership that God has gifted to the church the the ministry of the the pastor teacher? God wants us to be under the under pastoral care and under pastoral authority. I think that's an aspect that I, I'm almost hesitant to bring up because that has been abused, but that's still I think a uh, a biblical concept.
1: Oh, I definitely agree with that. And I think that's one of the, the challenges of pastoring in the generation and culture in which we do is that that pastoral authority largely, uh, has been, uh, diminished now, or is diminished in the eyes of congregants. Maybe because or, or largely because of, uh, the abuse of that authority. Um, And, uh, but it it is, it is definitely there as we, as I, I teach a a newcomers class for our church and, uh, for people that come and are interested in that and in membership. And I say one of the, the reasons for church membership is that, um, as a shepherd, I have to know who the the sheep are to whom I'm
0: responsible.
1: Mm. There's definitely supposed to be this shepherd-sheep relationship that we are supposed to be under that, uh, local church umbrella. Uh, of which, you know, shepherds and uh, pastoral elder overseers are caring for
0: our souls. You know, I think in, in our last section we talked about dangers to avoid, and I think there is, I see it more and more today that the Christian who believe that, well, you know, I, I can read the scriptures for myself. I believe in the priesthood of the believer. I can read and interpret scripture myself, so therefore I don't need the church. I think of, and I, I hope that you're not going to uh, <clears throat> hang up the phone over this, Jess, but I want to quote a little bit from The Shack. Um, I read it a couple of years ago, and right at the end, and all my reform listeners are clicking off right now anyway, uh, but right at the end of the book, you have uh, the, the character who's supposed to be playing God speaking with uh, the main character, and the main character is stressing, I don't want to go back to church because I don't want to sit somewhere in a pew and stare at the back of someone's head for 45 minutes. And in that book, the character playing God says, well, you know what? I don't like church either. I don't I don't want you to sit through that. And so many people have that idea of, well, church is boring. I can go and experience God on my own. I can worship God or even... I can even get good preaching on a podcast or a TV program or a radio program, so I don't really need the church. But I think, just as we've just talked about, uh, that's not only a bad idea, it's detrimental to the Christian faith.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. And I, I think when somebody says that, you know, the passage you quoted in Ephesians 4, it's talking about Christ, and, um, he who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the apostles and prophets evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for the building up of the body of Christ. This is Jesus' structure. The local church is Jesus' idea, his structure, uh, and he has given those shepherd teachers over the sheep. I, when people say things like that, it, it's uh, sometimes it's just comes across incredibly prideful. Yeah. Not against maybe the pastors, but against Jesus himself, who's structured the church in a certain way, and we're just going against God's um, God's structure. You know, Timothy was told to continue to preach the word uh, there at the church in Ephesus, and he was supposed to be uh, that implying that the church themselves were to be preached to. Hmm. Um you know Peter tells elders to shepherd the flock of God assigned to them, and that implies that uh, the sheep need to be shepherded. so there has to be this element of um, obeying those biblical commands because God says this is the way I've set it up right um and submitting to his authority
0: all right, so in practical application, of course, the major application would be go to church um but just as a pastor. What would you advise people walking in the door to your church? How does one actually become not just a pew sitter, but someone who's actively engaged in their church?
1: Yeah, well, you know, each church may be a little different on if there's a a formal structure for uh, being incorporated into that body, becoming a member. But I do think, you know, recognizing, uh, coming to recognize the role that God has assigned each person in a, in a body through gifting um, is really important. What has God uh, gifted you to do in the local congregation? And uh, find those needs and, and, uh, and then fulfill them um, by uh, just stepping out and beginning to serve others. Hmm. And God will open up. Doors and reveal needs and um, being engaged. It has to go past that Sunday morning service. It really does. That's uh, it, it, the local church life has to be something more than that. Right. It has to. You have to see yourself as a uh, member of the body of Christ with an important role to play in the edifying of of your fellow believers.
0: It's interesting. Every passage. New Testament talks about spiritual gifts. It's always within the context of the local church. God hasn't gifted you just to be a blessing to your neighbor, though that's included, but those gifts would be played out in the local church. In other words, you you do have a role. You do have a part. And you mentioned Romans 12. We can also talk about First Corinthians 10 and other passages to talk about you getting involved. So, Jess, my final question for you, for those of you, for those of our listeners who want to dig a little deeper, are there any books or resources that you'd recommend to do a little more study.
1: I think for the, the, one of the better resources now that's very accessible and there's plenty of information is uh, Nine Marks Ministries. Yes. You know, if you just go to their website, Mark Dever has, uh, you know, really been a champion of the local church, the importance of it, the structure of it. There, there are so many different resources on there uh, that, that somebody just wanting to really think through what is the local church? What should be my role in it? Why is it important? I think they'll find uh, more than enough for their initial study on that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. A couple other books I would add. Nine Marks um, being a great book, and again, not just a book, but you know, there's an entire website with uh, blog pieces, articles, a journal, and uh, interviews. So there's, there's quite a bit of material out there. Um, but also I mentioned just a little bit ago – this little uh, trilogy of books put out by Joe Thorne, uh, the heart of the church, the life of the church and the character of the church. They're very short books about may- maybe less than a hundred pages a piece. And they really get into what the gospel is and what the, you know, going through the ordinances, going through what type of church it should be. It, it's really great. And I would, I would highly recommend those three. Um, also, a book by—I'm uh, not going to get his name right, even though he's he's been a guest on a previous podcast. The BD and has written a book. What is a healthy church member? In fact, that's a Nine Marks book, um, which is really good and a classic on the topic, uh, "The Church" by Edward Clowney, uh, Edmund Clowney. Excuse me, um, is also a very good resource. Uh, Jess, thanks so much for taking the time and uh, talking with us today.
1: Well, it's my pleasure, Kevin. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, and so thank you all for listening. And don't forget to check out our website at www.basicbiblepodcast.org or check us out on Twitter at Basic BasicBibleCast. So until next time, have a great rest of your week.